Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Well, we've been in we've been in a two-part kind of kind of series here. And one of the things we've been talking about, which has been really strong in my life, and I know it's been strong in your life, and I'm I'm excited for you, is that God. God wants you to call those things that be not as though they were. Now, as I say that, I don't want you to get um, I don't want you to get hindered in understanding that. I want to look at a couple of scriptural places just to bring some recap. First and foremost, I want to look at 1 Corinthians 1 26. 1 Corinthians 1 26. We're going to read 26, 27, 28. That's been our foundational scripture. And today I want you to see this. He says, for you see your calling, brethren, not many wise men after the flesh, and not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. Yes, and the things that are not, to bring to naught the things that are. Now, I want you to sit on that for a minute because God said, I'm going to bring the things that are not into the mighty things you see, and I'm going to change the things you see with the things you cannot see. Now, I need you to understand that because that is Hebrews 11, 1, all day long. You can even look at that. If you want to put Hebrews 11, 1 up there, it'll help. You all know this scripture, but it's good. It says, now faith. And I need you to see this because it's important. And then we're going to go look at, at, at Romans 4, 17 right after this. Because I want you to see how God works and operates. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Not seen. So we understand that when we start calling for the not seen things, we're operating in faith. When you talk about the seen things, we're talking about what has already been accomplished. We're talking about the not seen things. So the not seen things are the things of faith. And that's what Romans 4.17 is trying to break down in the life of the believer. He explains to Abraham, as it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations. Before him whom even believe, God, who quickeneth the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Now, God says he calls the things that be not as though they were. So what I want you to do and me to do is I want us to start walking in a greater opportunity of obedience. Man, I want you to see this because I'm telling you without a shadow of a doubt, I believe this is one of the most important things we can do. We learn, we learn how to walk in this supernatural obedience to do what God has asked us to do in the Word. How many of you know Jesus was calling things that be not as though they were from the beginning? And we looked at that last week, right? Jesus explained to us, but what? He said, all throughout the Bible, you've seen this, right? I think this is really good because I want to I talk to you about the obedience of this. Now, I gotta, I'm going I'm to be, I want you to see this, okay? Now, you're going to come here with me. Let's go look at John 11, John 11, 11. 11, 12, and 13. Now, remember we left off here? Okay, Jesus didn't mess up his confession. 
and call things the way they were. He called things the way he wanted them to be. And then I got a couple places for you. I want you to see this, okay? So as we go there, these things, these things said he, after that, he said unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleeps, he's gonna do well. They're basically saying, look, if he's asleep, why do we gotta go? You know what I'm saying? Like he's sleeping. What's the big deal? Let him sleep, let him get some rest, he'll get better. Jesus, howbeit, was speaking of his death, but they thought that he'd only spoken of taking, taking a rest. Jesus realized, right, that the disciples are, are, are not operating in the place where he's at, okay? And on the way to Bethany, Jesus said this, Lazarus is asleep, okay? Jesus was calling the things that was not, amen? And I, oh man, I want you to get that. Jesus was calling the things that was not. What was he doing? He was guarding his conversation so we wouldn't undo what he had already declared in the beginning. The end result will not end in death. But his disciples didn't understand this. He's talking in a place of faith. Jesus explained this. Why? Why? Because he was calling the things that be not as though they were. I, I know that makes sense. Because Jesus stopped and gave his he gave explanation is in verse 17. He said, Lazarus is dead. Remember we left, um, verse 14, I'm sorry. 11, 14. Look, let's say, then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. So you see what he's saying, plainly, he just gets frank when he's like, he's asleep. And they're at, well, if you sleep, leave him alone. You know, it's like, here comes more questions. He's asleep, leave him alone. And Jesus is like, well, we gotta go anyway. He's dead. Now watch this, okay? Now watch this. Jesus called and spoke into existence. Jesus called the thing that was not manifest. Lazarus was not asleep, he was dead, but Jesus called him asleep. Jesus would not admit death. That didn't mean he denied it. That meant what? He just would not establish anything but he declared to be. He wasn't gonna let it be. He said he's asleep, he's dead, but I'm gonna what? I'm gonna raise him from the dead. Now, you understand what this means. This could cause almost like, oh my God, how does this work? Because this is very important. Because as you read on, even Martha said, he stinks, what are you doing? He's dead. Jesus is like, look, I'm the resurrection and the life. I don't operate. What I'm trying to get you to see with this is this. Jesus doesn't operate like normal people operate in situations and circumstances. And until you get the mentality like Jesus has, you're gonna call things the way you see it. And if you keep calling things the way you see it, you're not gonna call things the way he sees it and it's gonna become a problem. And this is one of the great points of this whole story is that when you start calling things the way that he called it, you're gonna start changing situation. Because what good would it say just to call it the way it was? Calling it the way it was wasn't gonna change the situation. Does that make sense? Calling it the way you see it wasn't gonna change anything about it. This is so important, okay? Now, now I want you to see this because um, if you could pull this in, I want you to go, I'm gonna show you a perfect, I'm gonna show you an even better example of this, I think, for you to see the clarity of it. I want you to go with me to Mark chapter five. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, I'm trying to build this picture like, can you see it? Jesus is like, oh, he's asleep. Go with me to Mark chapter five and um, um, let's start with verse, let's just start with Mark 5.21. Go to Mark 5, 21. We'll skip ahead because there's a lot of reading in that Mark 5. And I, I don't, I, are you pulling this in though? I really need you to pull this in 
So Jesus is like, but Lazarus is asleep, but Lazarus is dead. Why? Because Jesus knew all the while, as much as he said, it's not going to end in death. Did you see that? But he never said he wasn't going to die. Now, that's talking on a different plane for most people to get. So Jesus, these guys are like, I don't understand what's going on. They probably thought he lost it. Like, I don't know if he's in it, out of it, up, down. I don't know what Jesus is talking about. All I know is this, is that how in the world, and Jesus went there and, of course, brought Lazarus up out of the grave. But the mentality was, don't let fear, don't let, this is what he's saying, don't let, he's trying to block this stuff from coming in because if you don't, you'll never call things the way they're supposed to be if you let fear, worry, fret, circumstance, situation, anxiety, you're just gonna call it what you see. And Mark 5 shows it real plain. Now, I want you to see this. So just let's go to 521, you'll see this. And when Jesus passed over again by the ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there come one, now this is Jairus' deal. And behold, there come one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. And he besought him greatly, saying this, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And you see that right there? That's big talk, right? Jairus must have known he can lay hands on the sick. Jairus must have known that if he comes to his house, he can do it. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed and thronged him. Now, I want you to see this. This is very important. Look at 525. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood of 12 years. Now, in between Jesus going from where he is to Lazarus, I'm sorry, to Jairus' house to heal his daughter, the woman with the, inter, the issue of blood interferes. Now, this is kind of cool, right? Because this is the story. Jesus is really going to Jairus' house. He was in command. If you come and you lay hands on my kid, Jairus said, she'll be well. Jesus went like, okay, let's roll. You got faith for it? I can do it. And he, on his way to Jairus' house, here comes the interruption of the woman with the issue of blood, which she ain't even supposed to be there, but she's like, bump it. If he's here, I'm gonna go for it. And you know the story. She comes in. And what? And y'all know it. A certain woman with an issue of blood of 12 years, she suffered many things from the physician. She spent all she had. She didn't get better. And what happened? When Jesus heard, when she, when, when she had heard Jesus come in the press behind, she touched the garment, and what? Her blood flow was dried up, verse 29, and the power of God left her in verse 30, his body who touched me. Y'all know the story. And this, that showed the multitude, he looked around, man, God, who did it? Now, I want you to see this thing. Let's just look at Mark 5.33. This will help. 5.33. we got to skip it. It's a lot of reading. You can read the whole chapter when you're, when, tonight. But the woman, fearing, trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him of the truth. And he said in her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be thy whole of the plague. Now, I don't know about you, but that's pretty big talk, right? It's red letter in the Bible. Now, look at verse 35, okay? Very important. While he yet spake, there came from Jairus' house the ruler of the synagogue, which said, thy daughter is dead. Why trouble thou the master any further? You see right there? He's like, she dead. Now, this guy was probably at the pinnacle of faith. He's going to my house. This lady, can you imagine this? He's coming to my house. This lady pushes through. She don't even get prayed. She just touches him. Power's coming out of him. I'd be like, this is a done deal when we get to my house. Because he's going to my house to lay hands on my kid. 
this lady, this, this, this lady just came through the crowd and touched them, and she got a miracle, and we're going to my house. This is great. The synagogue ruler comes out, right? The ruler's, Jairus' servant comes and says, don't bother Jesus, she's dead. Now, I need you to look at what he says because now I'm going to blow your mind with this because I, I, it's kind of hard to explain it, but I got to show it to you in the Bible. So I, you kind of like, you know, it's like I'm trying to get you to see how he operated. Jesus operated like this. So you could say, I don't know. I know. So trust me. Now I got proof to show you this. That's what I was trying to get you to see. These guys are like, oh, he's asleep, and uh, he's taking a rest, and leave him alone. Jesus like, no, the joker's dead, man. But if I keep you in dead, you're going to stay dead. You don't understand. I'm resurrection in life. When I show up, I could change anything. That's the problem with people. They just look at the dead marriage, the dead bank account, the dead doctor report, the dead this, dead that. Nah, Jesus like, don't let them things tell you what I can do. Now, watch the reading. I'm explaining it. Okay? While he yet spake, there came a ruler of the synagogue's house. Thy daughter is dead. Why do you trouble the master any further? As soon. Come on, somebody. As soon. As Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto Jairus, be not afraid, only believe. Now, that got me thinking, man. What happens if he gets afraid and unbelief? I don't think Jesus can go any further with him. Jesus heard it and said, man, if I don't get to this guy and say, hey, keep it together, it ain't over. Keep it together, it ain't over. Just keep believing. Okay, now watch. Be not afraid, only believe. Now watch Jesus. And look at verse 37. And he suffered no man to follow him except Peter, James, and John. Now, he's he rolling now because he's like, I know what I got to do because she's dead. They know she's dead. He just takes Peter, James, and John. Now, there's a multitude around here. He's like, let me just roll with the guys I know can stay in faith with me. You would think. Now, watch this. And he comes to the ruler house comes to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and he's seen a bunch of people, and they wept, and they were wailing greatly. They're devastated. You better get ready for 30. Don't, don't go to 39 yet. Don't go to 39 yet. Don't go there. Everybody put in the comment, I'm ready. You better get ready. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Come on, Bishop. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. You better get ready for this. You ready? But are you really ready? Put in a comment, I'm ready. Put in the comment, I'm ready. Star it, like it. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. Get ready. Look at verse 39. And when he was coming, he said to them, why are you making this big deal out of this? And weep. She's not dead. She's asleep. I'm about ready to leave. I'm going home. <laughs> what? What? I'm leaving. I got to go. I can't even sit here. What did he say? What did he say? Why he come in here? Why y'all crying? Look, man. She ain't asleep. She's dead. Nah, she ain't dead. I'm here. Jesus ain't coming. At, listen, he ain't coming out of faith for nothing. 
He ain't even going to say she's dead. Those disciples with Lazarus pushed him, but he still overrode it. He told them for their sake, he explained it. He didn't need to explain it for him. She ain't dead. She's sleeping. And they look at verse 40. Say, wait, wait, wait. Before you go to 40, put in the comment, I'm ready. I'm ready. Look at your neighbor and say, you ready? Are you ready? Because this would have been your response if you were there. And they laughed him to scorn. <laughs> he put them all out now. He said, Peter, James, John, you ain't got this kind of faith. You stay out there with the laughter. They're shot out. They don't know what he's doing. Nobody's got an idea. But when he put them all out, whoo, I think this is so cool. He took the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were there with him and entered in. And where the damsel was lying, and he took the damsel by the hand it said unto her, I don't know what he said to her there. He said, kumia, whatever, which is being interpreted. Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway she arose and walked, for she was the age of 12, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them, said, tell no, no man should know it, and commanded that what? Something should be given her to eat. He went in there and woke her up. He said, get up. He didn't call her dead. He called her asleep. What do you tell the sleeping people when you want to wake them up? Get up. He's calling things that be not as though they were, knowing all the while he is the resurrection life. That story, that ain't never made sense to me. I was reading that Bible. I read the Bible, and, you know, he told, he told I thought Jesus was lying. He calling dead people sleeping. Nah, nah, he don't lie. He's not calling things the way you see it. He's speaking things into existence. Do you see it? That's why there's no problem with doing this. This ain't lying. You just got to apply patience. This is a big, this is a big thing, man, because people think, like, it's a divine principle. That's the problem. It's like acting on the scripture. But you know what I mean? Some people don't know how to do this, and they think, like, oh, if I do that, you know, I'm not acting on the word. I'm telling lies. You ain't telling no lies. You, you, you're not just even, you're beyond it. Confession is not a lie. If you're going to apply God's principles concerning all this stuff, then you got to say things that don't make sense. Remember, God chose the method of calling things that are not as though they were. But there are what? Some who think, you know, this is like, well, this is off in left field. It's not. We have to get obedience. We have to get obedience to understanding this. Jesus always calls things that be not as well. You ever, you, ever, you ever think about Jesus? He shows up, finds Gideon at the wine press. He's scared. Mighty man of valor. This guy's scared out of his mind, mighty man of valor. He ain't calling it the way it is. He's calling it the way it is. Peter, you're what? You're a rock. You're a revelation. A revelation? I don't even know who you are. What are you talking? I don't call you. You ever, you ever been in a battle? He only speaks victory. He don't tell you, oh, when have you ever prayed to God and go, oh, yeah, you know what? You might as well fail on this one. You ain't never going to win this one. You win every battle. Come on, you see this? You see this stuff? It's even like, you know, I think of Joshua, right? I think of the walls of Jericho. You look at in, in, in Jehoshaphat, impossible situations, right? He didn't say you're going to lose. He didn't say walls are going to stand up. He gives instruction to get you focused 
to speak something different, to shout something different, to say something different. You got to start learning to be obedient, to be a person that calls things that be not as though they were. Now, are you kind of, I'm trying to brainwash you to a new system. I am. I'm being straight with you. I'm not trying to get you, oh, call it the way you see it. You know, I'm just a realist. You know, I just call it the way I see it. You're going to have problems the rest of your life. You call it the way you see it. You got to start calling things the way they be not, as though they were. God who quickened the dead and called those things that be not as though they were. So what did he say? He calling him the father of many nations. He don't have a kid. What's your life going to look like when you start speaking the word of God in these situations? Now, this is, takes discipline, okay? Now, watch this. This is a big one. Can you look at uh, Deuteronomy 5.33? Deuteronomy 5.33. This is important. We have to get obedience Okay, Jesus, um, Jesus is, is constantly in this perpetual motion of faith, but we have to get obedience and life will go well. That's important. I want you to see this. You got to start changing your life. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God hath commanded you that you may live and that it be well with you. You see that? Follow, and one, one translation I have is, it's the God's word, and I know we sometimes follow all directions of the Lord, your God has given you, and life will go well for you. Same thing. This is the direction God has given us. Have you ever thought about the link between faith and obedience? Obedience unlocks faith. When, when, when you're trusting God, you stop trusting. It. I, I'm going to tell you a story, right? I'm going to give you a story. This is really good. I was going to Brazil um, one of the first times I went. And I, I didn't, I didn't, um, I, I went by myself, and I didn't have Pastor Liz with me. And I remember, I remember listening to a T.L. Osborne tape about doing like world missions, you know. And um, it was really good, and it was really strong. And I, I kept playing this one part over and over and over and over and over because he said something. And when he said it, I caught it. And he said, "We fasted, and we prayed," and I said, "Okay." And he said, I fasted and prayed, he almost died. You know, he fasted and prayed, and he fasted and prayed, he didn't drink no water, which is dangerous. You, you know, you, you always got to stay hydrated. But he was old school back in the day, and he's like, I was out of his mouth on the tape. You know, we had tape cassettes back then. You know, you spit it back, and I kept playing it over and over and over. i never forget this. And he said this. He said, we fasted, we prayed, and we, 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 we cried, we bawled, we squalled, we did it all. And he said, nothing he had gone to India, and he said, nothing changed. And he said, I went, through, I went through this. And he goes, one day Jesus walked in the room, and when Jesus walked in the room, he told him, and he said this. He said it changed his life. It changed his ministry. And he said, he said while he sat there for like three hours, eight hours, I don't know, he spent in the presence of God, he, started, he said these words. I could, I could hear it in my head. He said that it wasn't in the praying. It wasn't in the fasting. There's nothing wrong with that. He said this, though. He said, he said, it was like the orchestra of heaven was, angels were spinning around his head. And he said, I had all these works that I tried to do to, to, to produce God's power in, in India and where we were. They came back defeated from the mission field. One of the greatest evangelists, probably maybe the greatest evangelist the world's ever seen. I don't know, one of the best. I've never been anywhere. I haven't found one of his books on a shelf. I'm serious. I've been on the other side of the world, man, and his books are on somebody's shelf. And I'm like going, T. Osborne is telling you this. He said, it's not like the orchestra angels were over my head. 
And he said, I fasted and I prayed and we did all this. And he said, he said, he heard God say, he said, he heard God say, this is how, this is it. And he said, and I finally figured it out. He said, you can do that. And, and what it was, was he found, lay hands on the sick and speak the word of God. And he said, it wasn't in the fasting and it wasn't in the praying, but this is what I got, this is how I, this is how I heard it. It was in the principles that Jesus did. And he said these words. He said, the Bible said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Speak the word of healing and they shall recover. And he said these words. He said, that was it. You can do that. You couldn't do the other. The fasting and the pray didn't make anything happen. And I caught it like this. I got it. He didn't put faith in his faith or what he could produce. He put faith in God's system and what God can produce. Because guess what? The system of lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover, that's God's system. It's not my faith. It's my faith put in God's system of healing. Speak the word and they shall be what. So I go to Brazil, right? As a first time, I seen deaf ears like pop open right in front of my face. Because I was like, I got faith for this, man. I don't have faith to be open to no deaf ears. You can guarantee you that. But I got faith to believe God that if I lay hands on the sick, the system will work. And people were getting healed everywhere. It was like the best. It was wild, man. And I'm being, I'm, I'm no exaggeration, this preacher, you know, drama. It was legit. I mean, I watched the lady fall, get, pull those things out. There was like hearing aids in the one ear and they make this really scratchy noise. If you, I didn't know. I, I went in there and pulled it out. So I went in and I pulled it out and I was like, I don't know. And it made this weird noise. And also, I don't know what was going on. And also, boom, she hit the ground crying because she could hear for the first time in her life because those things weren't even working in her head. I don't know what was going on. I found out the next day a paralyzed lady got healed in one of the meetings. I didn't even know because I don't speak the language. You know what I mean? And they were, there was a big roar. I don't even know what happened. It was after somebody testified. This ain't about me. I just put faith in God's system. I didn't make up, I didn't make up lay hands on the sick, the sick recover. That was God's idea. I just worked the system. I didn't make up, you know what I mean? I didn't set up or write in the Bible, speak the word and you shall be healed. That's his idea. If I put faith in his system, his system's guaranteed to work. That's the problem. Stop putting faith in your system. Why am I telling you that? Put faith in his system. God calls those things that be not as though they were. What's that mean? Stop trying to use any other way. That's what TL was saying. He's like, look, I tried to fast and pray to get the power. We tried to seek God and get the power. We tried to beat ourselves into submission and get the power. I almost died, he said, trying to get the power. And all the while, the power was in the principle, lay hands on the sick, the sick recover. Speak the word of God, they'll recover. You see it? Man, that's a great revelation if you heard me. So what do I do? You can sit there and stay up all night wringing your hands, try to figure out how this stuff's going to work or what you're going to do or how you're going to do it. No, or you could just do this. You know what I want to do? I'm going to put faith in God's system. I'm going to call those things that be not as though they were. Now, when you start calling things that be not as though they were, people are going to think you're crazy, but guess what? You ain't here running a popularity poll. You're here what? Getting results. You know what I'm saying? So watch this. You ever think of this? Following these acts of obedience. Now, here's the big thing, right? It's incredible promises that God's given you, but you must follow God's direction. You'll be blessed. You'll be saved. You'll be watched over. You'll be taken care of. 
You'll be given what you ask for. You'll be happy. You'll live long. You'll lack nothing good. Obedience is the, is the catalyst behind all of the promises of God. God gives you promises by grace, but you get to enjoy his promises when you follow his instruction. This is the instruction, okay? Guess what? You're not going to understand. I'm trying to do this. This whole series is about trying to get you to understand. I'm going to say this. You're not going to understand by what you're doing, how it's going to produce what you're asking. But who cares? Does that make sense? You're not going to do this. This is what I'm saying. I want you to get this. You're not. What good is speaking things that are being not as. Don't worry about it. It's a law and it works. Just understand to work the law. Don't understand how the law works. I don't understand gravity. You understand gravity. You really understand like up, down. I don't understand it. All I know is don't, don't jump off a building. I understand that. I understand this is the cool thing about law, most laws. I don't understand the total operation of the law, but I understand the consequences of not working them right. You understand the law of electricity? I don't. I know it's there. You can't see it. You touch the wrong thing, you get zapped, man. So don't play with stuff you don't know. But I know this. Laws are in effect whether you want to believe it or not. So this is what I'm saying. God's commandments might sound like they're off the wall. Sometimes you understand God's instructions, but sometimes you don't. Some, but guess what? Whether you understand it or not, you still got to obey it whether you understand it or not because it's still a law. Some of God's commands might sound confusing. Some might seem unfair, right? But guess what? There's still God's laws. So are you saying, I'm telling you right now, the Bible said a tree is known by its fruit. Either make the tree good or his fruit good or the tree no good and the fruit no good. A tree is known by its fruit. What's out of the abundance of the heart, let the mouth speak. So here's my question. If you're not speaking, watch this now. If you're not calling things the way they should be, you're calling them the way they are. He said by that you cannot be what? Justified. You're only condemned if you call it the way it is. Are you seeing the law of faith? Are you understanding this? Death and life is in the power of the tongue. If you call it like it is, it's dead. If you call it the way it could be, you're speaking life over a situation. Pastor Chris, I just ain't never thought like this a day in my life. That's because my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your, that's what God's saying. Elevate your thinking to releasing faith in every area of your life or stay what? Where you are. You got to obey the principle. Now, this is big. They don't always make sense according to human standpoint. But the things that don't make sense to us are the things that God asks us to do by faith. That's the key. Faith is being released. Man, you know how hard it is to call things that be not in the middle of the things that are? That takes faith, man. Trust. I'm gonna, these things always, listen, let me read this slow so you can get this. These things don't always make sense. I know, guys. Listen, I'm with you, man. I try. Listen, I'm, look, look at me. Look, I'm about serious. Put, put, put in the comment. He's serious. I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now. I am serious. Say I'm serious. And you better comment because I'm watching this. And if you don't comment and you're watching, I might tell you you didn't comment. Okay? He's serious. 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 Put serious. Right? Okay. Siri's getting serious. You think I'm talking to her? Right? Come on. Serious. Serious. You ready for this? I'm serious. 
I tried to go around it. There ain't no way. Learn from my pain. Learn from my regret. There's no way around it. You can't operate God's laws without God's principles. They don't work. You can't get around it. You will stop moving forward the day you decide to disconnect from the principles of Jesus. There's no other way around it. You can't change. And don't think it's not achievable. It is. But this is what I want. Things don't always make sense from a human standpoint. But the things that don't make sense to us are the things God asks us to do by faith. He wants us to trust him and obey anyway. Man, I want you to enjoy all these God's promises. Obedience is the key to unlocking them. Choose to follow the direction of faith today. His promises reward you when you walk in obedience. Obey the principles. Did you get that? Write that down. We must learn to obey the principles. Obey the principle of calling things that be not as though they were. Right? If somebody called you right now, perfect example, and said to you, hey, um, you know, um, you know, Aunt Mary is in the hospital. She's going to die for sure. Use your faith to the limit. Dare to say something in faith. Say in the name of Jesus, I believe that she will live and not die. I decree it in Jesus' name. I know, but you know, some people are like, well, you know what? What if she does die, right? Everybody's got always her negative, negative nilly in the thing. Well, use your faith to the limit, and you did what you can do. But let's stop getting in this thing. There are some things you can't control, but you can't control other people's faith. I've been, I've been, I'm going to show you, I've been here too, right? Some of you, you know what your problem is? You disconnected from the life of faith because it didn't work in an area, and you think, well, my faith don't work. Man, I've been, I've been in a, I was with a guy one time. He went on to be with the Lord, and you don't know him. He was early days of the church. This guy was talking big. Man, he talked big. He's like, Matt Gomley, he's a little Lord. He, was, he had me, man, he had me. I was like, man, I don't even know why I visited this dude. You know, I was like, man, why am I here? He's a little Lord. He went on this big old thing. You don't know him, early days of the church, right? And I said, well, and the doctor came in, and he hadn't seen the doctor for a minute. There was like one guy was in the bed when I was there, and another guy was in the bed when the doctor showed up. I said, dude, this guy spoke so much unbelief. It was literally, he, 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 was, dead. he, was, dead before the, he was dead before the funeral showed up. I'm being serious. It would hurt my heart. I said, I can't help him. He's going to undo everything we did with faith with his mouth. Because you don't know what certain people really believe. You can't believe something over to somebody that doesn't want to go there. I'm telling you, listen to me, man. A lot of things you think were mistakes or failures, other people were involved. I'm telling you, man. I know that's hard to grasp. But here's the thing. Listen, if somebody wants to go, you can't stop them. I'm being honest, man. There's some things you need to understand. Don't get under condemnation for using your faith, right? I prayed for somebody and they died. I prayed for people they died. Didn't stop me from praying for him. T.L. Osborne and Oral Roberts messed me up. They tried to pick, they tried to, oh, they tried to get Oral, Dr. Roberts one time. They tried to get him one time. They said, what are you going to do if you go in the line and they die? He said, I'll pray for the next one. He said, you would know, try to catch him, you know. They said, you got a prayer line and you praying for him. What if the person you prayed for died? He said, oh, I'll go on and pray for the next one. Why is that? Because you're, you're, I don't know what you believe. What does that got to do with me? I'm required to use my faith, but I can't control every situation and circumstance. Why are you stop? See, this is why people, I'm, I'm, I'm re-energizing somebody's faith right now. Right? Man. Because you know Why? 
Jesus, maybe I, maybe I can get this in time-wise. This is why he does it. And I'll, I'll come back. If you like this, I'll come back. Amen. T- comment, I like it. And you better be sharing it. Jesus was always trying to establish the end result in the beginning. See, because when you know, you, know, you, know, you know from the beginning, when you know the end, you got to talk right. And that's the problem with people. We should know the end, but we talk, we don't talk right in the beginning. Remember? Jesus did this with Lazarus. You want to see this? Go to John 11.42. This will help you. Go to John 11.42. Jesus established the end result. That's what he's trying to do is get the end, the end result established in the earth. Does that make sense? Look at this. And, and look, and I knew that. The, remember when he prayed? He said, I prayed. Um, he said, and when he was at the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. He was establishing something. And I knew that thou heardest me always, but because the people would stand there, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. He said, I know you hear me. That's the reason I said it. I want to establish this on the earth. What's that? He wanted to establish the word. That's Psalm 119.89. Want to see that? Go to Psalm 119.89. They need to see that. That'll help them. And then we're going to go to Matthew. You understand that? God's trying to establish that word. I wanted to establish this in the earth. What? That I know you hear me. Watch this. See this? Forever, O Lord, that word is settled in heaven. Now we got to get the word that's settled in heaven settled in the earth. That's why you can't say nothing different. God's word is already established in heaven, but on earth is where it needs to be established now. That's what he was saying in Matthew 16, 19. Go to Matthew 16, 19. I'll show you this. God's word is already established in heaven, but on the earth is where it needs to be established now, and you're the one that enforces that. You see that in Matthew 69, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. God's word is already established in heaven, but we got to get God's word established in earth. Jesus said the power of binding and loosing is on the earth. You have authority to bind on earth those things which have been bound out of heaven, and you can lose some things that will be loose, not only by you, but God in heaven will lose some of those things if you lose them. But you what? You must do your part, right? Jesus loosed Lazarus from death, remember in John? And when he had thus spoke, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Can you imagine that thing? Come on, somebody. These people think of what he calling out, he calling a dead guy to come out. He came out. Jesus spoke to things and they obeyed. That's what you got to get. You're going to start speaking to things and get them to obey. That's Mark 11, 23 and 24. Whosoever shall say to that mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe whatsoever he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. I didn't ask you to believe what God said. You better get this. Jesus talked to everything, man. No, no, you can leave that up there if you want. You want to see Mark 11, 20? Does it say, therefore I send you what things soever you desire? When you pray, believe, you receive them, and you shall have them. What things soever you desire when you pray? Whosoever shall say into the mountain, be thou moved, be thou cast into the sea. Look at verse 23. Verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not what? Doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. Did you get that? Did it say believe what God said? 
He said, believe what you say. Now, now watch this. Man, you better get this. Man, if you get this, your day's going to change. God wants you to say what he said because he's already settled it in heaven, and now that word's got to be settled in the earth. That's what Jesus did. So when you say what heaven said in the earth, it confirms it, the yes and amen, and now the power of heaven backs it up in the earth to make it come to pass. But I got news for you. It isn't just his word. It has to become your word. And when you say his word and you call those things that be not as though they were, you change in the end from the beginning. My God in heaven, I'm telling you, you're working with the same material. You're operating with the same place of faith. This is important. Look at this, look at this, look at this. You better stop telling it like it is and start telling it the way it is need to be. Now, let me leave you with this, okay? Let me show you what's going on so you get this. I think I'm wrapping this thing up. I hope you're seeing it. Heaven already said it. The Bible already wrote it. You got to be the person here to say, I say what God says. Jesus is like, I ain't going to say death. I'm going to say what my father said. That's all I say. The minute he said what God said, he gave the right to the word to manifest in the earth. Somewhere in the earth, the earth has to agree with what heaven said. You need to be that source. It's not what God said. It's what you say about what God said. Does that make sense? Because everything God said is true. Everything God said could come fast. Everything God said is. But here's the bottom line. You know what we do? Well, you know, I don't know. You be talking doubt and unbelief and messing it all up. Somebody in the earth's got to say, yes and amen. I'm not moving. I'm not budging. I'm not moving. I'm going to establish it. Now, you better see this right here. You notice this? When Lazarus came forward, can you imagine them jokers? Like, this dude was asleep. Now he's dead. Now he's like, he come out with grave clothes on. Dude, man, can you imagine? Jesus like, man, I showed up with resurrection and life. I told you I was going to turn this thing around. This is what you got to do in situations and circumstances of life. So let me wrap this up so you can see this, okay? So you have to be in the earth saying something different than the situations and the circumstances. Did you get that? You have to be in the earth saying something different than what it says. How do you find that something different to say? From the word of God. Now, how in the world am I going to call those things? Confession is not a lie, guys. That's the problem there. Well, I don't see it. Well, who said you're supposed to walk by what you see? Unbelief said that. See, you got to understand the power you really have to create. You have the power to create. Man, I hope you pulled that in. Stop telling it like it is. Words are a serious business. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to start that. I think I need to stay on this one, like maybe another week, give them a little bit more. Man, I'm starting to see this, Pastor Chris. You keep saying call those things that be not as though they were. I'm going to call them everything the way it is. My jacked up, that bozo I'm married to, my jacked up wife, my bank account screwed up. Uh, you know, that kid ain't never going to turn out, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, everything you're talking to, man, you ain't speaking no creativity. You're speaking death. Not somebody called me this morning and they said, you know, they were using, they were using, they were using uh, uh, vulgar language, you know, and they were like, the one guy was telling them, it was funny, I had this guy, I was talking to one guy, I was kind of coaching him a little bit, and the other guy was in the car with him, and I don't know, I'm on speaker sometimes, you know, and the other guy's like, he, want, he, he set up a rigged question, he goes, I got this guy, he's always cursing, 
and he says these curse words, and he says this one curse word, and the guy's like, oh, he's talking about me, and I'm like, oh, there's somebody else in this thing, you know, so I said, I said, well, what do you think, why do you think we call it cursing? Blessings and curses are in the power of the mouth. Every time you don't say something with the blessing, you're speaking the curse. So cussing them four-letter vulgar words are just part of the curse. They stop the perpetual blessing of God on your life. So once I get the blessing in you, I'll take the cuss out of you. It's not about discipline. It's about a revelation. You see it? So here's what I'm trying to get you and me to understand. Once I start understanding the blessing and the promise, I don't want to word curse my life, so I'm not going to say nothing contrary to the word of God. Anything. So now my vernacular is chosen, not just automatically just goes off the handle, just coming anything, I'm spitting anything out of my mouth. Why is that? Because I understand I got to speak the right thing. I'm calling things that be not as though they were. I don't want to call it, you know, if you started using a bad word, like say you say, you know, darn it, you know, or uh, you put a little thing on it. If you say, darn it, darn it, darn it, or, you know, you, you add your own little imagination to this thing, right? That's it. It's right there. It stops it. Bless it. Increase. Dang it. Done. Praise the Lord. Increase. Shut it down. Shut it down. Life, death. Life produces light, ability, growth, death, done, condemnation. You see it? So it's all about training your mouth. That ain't coming out of my mouth. I put a guard over that thing. I ain't saying nothing. I ain't saying nothing contrary. What do you think about that? You know, Jesus didn't say nothing contrary about you. Ain't no sense me making any, anything up about me. I'm just going to say what the Bible says. I told Pastor Liz one time, <laughs> I'm a little ornery, you know. I said, I said, God forgive me, you should too. <laughs> I, you know, I was kidding with her. I was probably started it. But one other thing I always say this, I said, God's only got good thoughts about me. You should start thinking good thoughts about me, everybody out there. That's it. I ain't going to carry no thoughts that aren't good about me because that's the only way God sees me. It's important that you start understanding this stuff. Guys, I know you've been practicing this, but I want you to get a little bit, I want you to get a little bit of a revelation is you have to understand something so, so important. I want you to get this is this. Man, this is a solid if you're hearing me. Call those things that be not as though they were. That's how you're going to change and transform your life. Don't call it the way you see it. Call it the way it's supposed to be out of the word of God, and you're going to change your life. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for each and every person watching and listening to the sound of my voice. Thank you, Lord. You're going to change their life, transform their life. Let them call the things that be not as though they were. Let them see and let them understand how important their words are and the power they have in their voice to change the world. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray, and everybody said... Amen. Listen, I love you guys. I'm excited. Don't forget, we got a lot of Christmas stuff going on. We're getting ready. It's a race to the finish. I'll tell you, I promise you this, he's famous for his faithfulness. It's going to be awesome, and God bless you. I'll see you next week. Amen. See you there. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.